2: Now for our story. Lefty Larkin looked very uncomfortable. He was sitting bolt upright in the straight back chair Aunt Mary usually favored and was wearing a brand new two-toned lounging jacket, his Christmas gift from Peggy Douglas, Aunt Mary's niece. On his face was an expression very much like that of a small boy dressed for church. Suddenly he got up, looked around him guiltily, and quickly removed the jacket, which he hung carefully over the back of the chair. Then Lefty tiptoed to the hall closet After some rummaging around, pulled out a drab, faded brown sweater patched at the sleeves. He put this disreputable garment on. And with a great sigh of satisfaction, Lefty seated himself in the armchair, leaned back, and filled his pipe. The aroma of the tobacco soon rose and mingled with the spicy odor of the freshly baked cookies Aunt Mary was baking in the kitchen. A few minutes later, Aunt Mary herself entered, paused in the doorway a moment, with an amused smile.
1: Well, Lefty.
2: (laughs) Oh, what are you welling about, Aunt Mary?
1: Wherever did you dig up that disgraceful old sweater? Peggy said she'd hidden it, so you'd never find it. She did, eh?
3: Well, I found it just the same. But don't tell Peggy. I I just wear it when she's not around.
1: Oh, but, Lefty, it's all worn out. And Peggy was so pleased with the way you look in your nice new jacket. Don't you like it? Oh, sure. Sure, I like it fine. But, but holy
3: smoke, I feel like some college boy or something. It's too fancy for me. I'm no dude. <laughs>
1: Oh, Lefty.
3: Well, darn it, I I don't feel right in it. Anyway, not for wearing around the house. But promise you won't tell Peggy.
1: All right, Lefty, I'll keep your secret. (laughs) But really, you're as bad as Randy with that old football sweater of his.
3: I don't know. A guy gets attached to a thing he's had a long time. Never do feel right in my clothes until they're sort of broken in.
1: But by the time they're broken in, as you call it, Lefty, they're all worn out. Still, I guess you're entitled to your little um, idiosyncrasies. It's like me with my old thimble. I've had that thimble since I was 12. My mother gave it to me for my birthday. I just can't sew without it.
3: That's funny, Aunt Mary. Did you ever stop to think about little things like that? Like your thimble, how it stayed the same all the years. Well, people are changing all the time.
1: Yes, I have, Lefty, many times. I suppose that's why we cherish such things. Because of all the associations, the memories they bring back. I know I could buy a much better thimble in the store right now. That one's always been a little loose. But it wouldn't be the same. No, of course it wouldn't. When my sister Joyce was little, we used to play games with it. And once, when one of my aunts married, mother baked it in the wedding cake for good luck. Why, I was so proud of that.
3: I'll bet you were. You must have been a cute little kid, Aunt Mary.
1: Yeah, Lefty, that was such a long time ago.
3: Oh, no it wasn't. Yeah, I can just imagine you. Something like Peggy was then,
1: when, when she was little. Long curls. <laughs> well, I hate to disappoint you, Lefty, but I had pigtails and freckles which made me very unhappy.
3: All the same, you can't tell me you weren't a cute little girl. I I just won't believe it.
1: (laughs) No. No, it was Joyce who was the picture book little girl. She did have curls. Peggy looked a lot like her at that age.
3: Yeah. I mean, you can tell from those pictures in the album.
1: (laughs) Yes. Joyce was a very lovely young girl. She was 18 when that picture over the mantel was taken. It was her birthday. That was just before... before she went away. Uh Uh-oh, 7.15. We better get that batch of cookies out of the oven before they burn. Oh,
3: Joyce. If Aunt Mary only knew. Knew that you were my wife. Peggy's mother. Have I been wrong not to tell her... Not to tell Peggy. If Peggy knew that I was her father, maybe I could help her now. Help her with all her troubles. Oh, I'll get it, Aunt Mary.
1: Thanks, Lefty. I have my hands full.
0: Oh, good evening, Lefty. Good evening, Bill. Uh, Is Aunt Mary at home? Yes, she's here, Bill. I wanted to talk to her a few minutes.
3: I guess it can be arranged. Come on in. Thanks. Come on in. Thanks. She's out in the kitchen making some cookies. Oh, I thought something smelled good.
0: Well, how have things been with you, Lefty? Haven't seen you in a long time.
3: I'm all right, thanks. Well, you might as well sit down, Bill. Aunt Mary will be in pretty soon. Thanks.
0: That's pretty cold out tonight.
3: Yeah. Generally is in the middle of winter. <laughs> yeah.
0: Mr. Bowman was asking for you the other day.
3: What's on his mind?
0: Oh, he just wondered if I'd seen you, how you were.
3: Well, you can tell, David, that I'm getting along just fine. You'll probably be disappointed to hear it, too. Oh,
0: no, Lefty. Oh, you're all wrong. Mr. Bowman's very funny. And... No,
1: Mead? is
0: that you? <laughs> yeah. I hope you don't mind my dropping in.
1: Well, of course not. Why don't you come on out and say hello?
0: Oh, thanks, I will. Excuse me, Lefty. Sure. On right along. Hello, Aunt Mary. Mmm, hey, it smells good out here.
1: Well, the oven was nice and hot, so I thought I'd make a batch of cookies.
0: Here, Bill, try one. Oh, thanks. Gosh, this reminds me of home when I was a kid. (laughs) Mmm, boy, these are good. I'll give you some to take back with you.
1: You can have them with your coffee in the morning.
0: Oh, that'd be swell. I especially wanted to talk to you tonight, Aunt Mary. You've been such a lot of help.
1: Oh, all I've done, Bill, was try to help you clear things up in your own mind.
0: Yeah, but that's just what I needed, and I'm very grateful to you. I saw Ben Calvert and Kit last night, went over to the house on 11th Street and gave them my answer.
1: Oh.
0: I told them I was prepared to fight for custody of the baby if necessary.
1: Oh, in other words, you turned down Ben's offer.
0: Yeah. It was the only thing I could do and keep my self-respect.
1: Well, I think you're right, Bill. After all, what Ben suggested was practically like offering you a bribe.
0: Oh, that's the way it looked to me. Kitts being willing to give me a divorce if I'd give up my son.
1: Naturally, you couldn't accept a thing like that. I'm sure I can't imagine why Ben would think for a minute that you would.
0: I don't know. Of course, he doesn't have a very good opinion of me. He was sure burned up about my turning him down.
1: (laughs) Yeah,
0: Ben would be. He ratted and waved, threatened to make things good and tough for me.
1: Well, doubtless Ben will try to. But thank goodness you have a good lawyer. If worst comes to worst, and you do have to go to court... There's every reason to hope that things will work out for you.
0: Gosh, Aunt Mary, I certainly hope so. But the way Mr. Calvert talked, I haven't a ghost of a chance. Oh, well, Bill,
1: Ben blusters a lot. Remember that?
0: Yeah. Well, anyway, I feel a lot better since I made the decision. Let them know where I stand. It was a pretty tough decision to make, too. For a lot of reasons.
1: Yes, Bill, I know. But I think you did the right thing. And I'm sure you won't regret it.
0: Um, how's Peggy, Aunt Mary? Oh, she's pretty well, Bill. I guess she's not at home tonight, huh?
1: No, she went to dinner with Nicholas. Oh. You've met Nicholas, haven't you?
0: Yes, we, uh, Nicholas and I had quite a talk not long ago.
1: He's a nice boy. Yeah. I do hope he's not going to be unhappy when everything gets straightened out.
0: Yes, so do I. But sometimes I wonder whether it's possible to be happy. (laughs) Possible for anyone to be.
1: Maybe that depends on... What sort of happiness you're after, Bill? There's one sort of happiness that anyone can achieve who wants to work for it. And I think you're going to find that out. Because this decision you've just made proves that you're willing to
0: pay the price of it. What sort of happiness do you mean, Aunt Mary?
1: The happiness of knowing that you're doing the most honorable thing you know how to do, Bill. It's a very lasting sort of happiness.
2: But in spite of Bill Meade's faith in Aunt Mary's opinions, he still felt rather hopeless, depressed, when he thought of his tangled life. Supposing he were to lose everything, the baby and his freedom. If Ben Calvert's threats were true, that was exactly what would happen. On the other hand, even if he did win, what hope had he of finding a personal happiness, something more tangible than the happiness of which Aunt Mary spoke? Well, Bill, the picture does look pretty dark to you. But if you only knew... There is something which might help to solve your problem if it were to come to light in time.